While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight, uh, the only show hosted by two fragile birds, right. Marcus Farrow and Chris McCarthy. The Pansy. <laughs> the Pansy the Brothers. Pansy brothers. <laughs> We're joined now by uh, <laughs> by Ward 3 City Councilor Sean Oliver. Who's no Pansy? Hey, Sean. Hey, how you doing, guys? You're no Pansy, are you? Oh, well... <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Right? Yeah, right. Exactly. You guys get it. So, Sean, um, before we get started, I want to lead with this question because it's important, and we've asked every all of our guests this question: uh, What is your favorite TV show? So, of of all time, current yeah. or just so? Give us all time and current. Well, I guess um, I I know it's been talked about on the on the radio uh, as you guys have asked this question, but. I was an, an avid watcher of The Shield. Loved it. Oh, Absolutely. love The Shield. There you go. There's yeah. a point for you, Sean. Um, but but what, what what really got me into that was my being younger and with my, my dad, we would sit down and well, lay down in the living room in front of the console TV, and we'd watch NYPD Blue. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a great show. Yeah. That's a real good show. You know, the all the all the original stuff. That's, that's kind of like where I, I started, and then... The shield came out, and it was just—it just grabbed me from the beginning. So, and then uh, right now, I've, I've Succession has got. Oh me, yeah, um, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, so. uh, Succession is very good. You know, I, I would recommend to you and, and um, Hill Street Blues, which is where um, so, um, the, the the main cop on NYPD Blue, right? Uh, the, yep. Um, he got his start on on Hill Street Blues as a cop. And then they actually had a, a spinoff from that. That's a great uh, cop show as well, which you can get in, in reruns. Not that you have the time these days. Uh, uh, especially like tonight, tonight, it was three committee meetings tonight. So um, it was, uh, and then rushed home, had uh, put a little food in the stomach, and now I'm calling you guys. So it's absolutely a lot of work. I think um, the, uh, the, the, the hats off to the folks who have been doing this for multiple years. Um, and the folks that that that, uh, that anybody who chooses to do it, because it really is a lot of work, and I don't think uh, the general public is really aware as to the amount of work that is done. So you you have a um, there's there's an app now. Yeah, but let's um let's let's just carry on the conversation. I think yeah, just yeah, for yeah. flow purposes. So um you know there was that Facebook post by the New Bedford Police Union. We had uh, the union president uh, Lieutenant Bielski on uh, talking about um you know the the need to report on or let the public know about uh, violent crimes that have occurred in the city. 
Uh, I guess the administration has um, asked them not to. Uh, why do you think that that is, um, you know, where do you fall on that? The uh, more of the union or the administration? Well, see, it's a, it's, it's, weird. it's like a catch 22 where none of this stuff is, this is all public knowledge. The, uh, you folks are speaking on it. The, right. the, the local media, uh, national media, all these things are getting covered. So it's not like, like, it's not, it's not like we're trying to hide it or, or promote it. I think the biggest thing is just basic awareness. It's just another um, aspect where we're able to get this information out to, to A, the communities uh, that are affected directly by these issues, um, as well as just the general public and anybody who's looking to come to the city. Now, I could see the administration's side where it's probably like, hey, we don't want to be pounding on our chest about all the bad that's happening in the city. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that the Method Police Union is very, very active, probably one of the most active um, groups uh, as far as daily posting. And I, it's great to see that. Um, maybe just a consideration of a little bit more um, positive as well, because I, I just don't want us to be just only spouting um, all of our our shortcomings, you know. I, I think that, that we do a lot of there's a lot of good that happens in the city, or a lot of good that the the police union. I believe you folks were alluding to. I think tomorrow the the autism cruiser is going to be in Fall River. Uh, t- Tuesday, actually. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So I I had caught that briefly. Um, so you know those we want to promote those things just as much as we're promoting um, the the other things. So um, I I I say. You know, I, I, I guess I'm more with the union as far as getting that information out to the general public. But I think we need to get that the, the good stuff out as, as well. So um, I, I think that they, they can have a good if they can find a good balance of that, it would, it would be great. So we're speaking with um, uh, Ward 3 City Council, Sean Oliver. Um, and so, yeah, we you called into Tim Weisberg's show. Uh, there's actually a story on WBSM.com people can check out and, um, you know, learn more about it. But we wanted to, you know, have you on the air again for, in case people didn't hear uh, what you had said earlier. So um, there is a, a city services app um, that you're, that you're um, highlighting. Can you tell us more about it? Absolutely. So... This is an app. This is not a new app. It's been around for quite some time, and I believe that uh, WBSM um, talked about it in some length. Um, but uh, it's been a few years now, and just really trying to um, re-energize the um, th- this app and the use of it. Um, we just recently uh, eclipsed the ten thousand um, uh, items serviced through the app. Um, of issues that have been that, that uh, taxpayers and, and and folks anybody really you don't have to really uh, just live uh, within the city you could uh, if you're driving through our city and you see something you can more than you're more than welcome to 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 report on it but it's just a a, a great tool uh, to use to get us more um, active in our communities the, the the constituents more active in in the communities where they feel like sometimes. It's going to fall on deaf ears, or I don't know who to contact. Um, I just know that this is a problem, and hopefully it gets addressed. So this is just another avenue where folks can take a more active approach um, to, to some of these day-to-day issues within the city. And myself, I've asked my constituents if they're uh, – please CC me on some of these 
send them via email. Um, I'm very accessible on all forms of media, phone, call, text, um, email, uh, Facebook, regardless. And, and just make me privy to it because anyone can follow any particular um, item that gets posted on there. So I can, without having, if, if Marcus posted something tonight about a particular issue, um, I then can now go to that particular issue and be put into the loop as far as the status of that issue throughout its entirety. So it's just another check and balance uh, that city councilors can be aware as to what's going on within these neighborhoods. So we're speaking with Ward 3 City Council, Sean Oliver. So, Sean, um, one of the ongoing um, situations that <clears throat> we've had here, we, you know, Mark's asked you about it, where you come down between the union and, and the administration on, on the broadcast of crime. But quite frankly, there is a real problem in the city of New Bedford with the loss of police officers, the loss of, we just had Evan uh, talk quite a bit about the loss of dispatchers, um, the overall retention of employees and the problem recruiting them. What are you guys, uh, you just won city council, but what are you communicating to the administration, to your other city councils? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, uh, the biggest thing is growing up, folks wanted to be, like to become a New Bedford police officer was so much more prestigious than, than anywhere else. We were the place to be where, where the action is, where all the special units are, and you hear, um, from the from the union uh, president uh, Evan uh, Bielski, or Lieutenant Evan Bielski, and the police chief, and things like that, where, where some of these departments are, we're down to one canine, uh, we're down to, and 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 that uh, officer is being utilized for other um, areas because of the, the the staffing issues that we're facing. Um, I'm a I'm a union guy myself. I work for, for the Massachusetts Department of Corrections. Uh, the, the biggest thing that gets me um, into work uh, is money. Money is a motivator. I know most Absolutely. people don't really want to I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it because, you know, you talk about more money and then you instantly go to, well, taxes. Um, but money is the number one motivator. And then after that, it would be any, any benefits that, that uh, tie along with it. Um, and then obviously the city you serve and the camaraderie, camaraderie that you build with your fellow officer. Yes. So, but that's that's what gets me to go into work every night is the paycheck at the end of the day. Of course. Um, to, to to get to know that I'm I'm financially secure. My family is financially secure, and we're asking these folks to, you know, you know, it's it's no surprise. We ask them to do a job that a lot of people just uh, don't get the call to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it, I I'm I'm a big advocate for. You know, a, 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 happy, a happy employee is a well-paid employee. Um, so um, I, uh, it's, it's something that we're going to have to uh, navigate. It's, what's happening is uh, these folks are not leaving the profession. They are clearly leaving for adjacent towns and communities you, you um, that, are, that are essentially paying uh, slightly more. Um, and... Um, Perhaps they don't have some of the day-to-day um, grind uh, issues that we have here in the city. So they're 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 working in they're working in these towns and communities that are a little bit more lax, and they're getting a little bit more pay. So um, it's it's a no-brainer for some of them, and I commend the the, the officers 
that uh, are sticking with us. I commend anyone who's looking to get into the profession. It is not an easy one, um, but like I said, m- money is is the number one motivator. One of the things we have seen, particularly on the housing issue, uh, Marcus, is that we have seen where one counselor can have an impact on the administration. I, I looked at Councilor Burgo. I don't, you know, he, he had some unorthodox methods, but he nonetheless brought the conversation about housing to the forefront. Is that something you'd be willing to do for the police and fire here in the city? That that well, you because you can't add money to the budget, Councilor. You can only cut money, but you certainly could sit down during budget negotiations and advocate on behalf of police and fire with the administration to try to see more money get in the budget. Is that something you'd be willing to do? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, there's no um, mystery that I stand behind our, our first responders, our law enforcement. Um, and I want a safe city. I want a, a, uh, a city that people actually want to come to, uh, as I think all my colleagues and, and our residents want as well. So um, the, we, we have to start to draw the line in the sand that we're really going to focus on these. And like you said, uh, perhaps um, the, the, the um, now- uh, attention that is uh, towards the housing, uh, though uh, may have been a little bit uh, unorthodox, the conversation has started now. Right. Um, and and that's and that's if if anything, that's a that's a huge, uh, huge win that we are rolling up the sleeves and really starting to take a look. And um, I really look forward into um, hopefully being able to implement some of these uh, this uh, twenty-two point plan that the the, the mayor and uh, has proposed. So we're speaking with uh, Ward Three City Council Sean Oliver. Um, so Sean, um, going back to the uh, the 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 um, City Services app, uh, how where uh, there's a story on WBSM.com that people can um, uh, can check out. But what is uh, again? Can you just for people who may yeah. just be tuning in now, what are some of the benefits of it? What's the, what's the app called? Sure thing. So the app itself, um, like I said, it's been around for a while, but it's C as in you see S E E. Uh, click fix. Um, it's a uh, it's free on Android, Apple, whichever device you have. It's a little black app with a heart and a wrench on it. That's what the logo is, and it is like I said, 100% free. Now, this was initially rolled out as a services app um, to get things uh, that uh, uh, need to be addressed within the city, uh, i.e., uh, potholes, uh, street sweeping, uh, lighting, things like that, and this this so many uh, categories just for the day-to-day issues uh, that we may see within the city. Um, it's very interactive where you can uh, set up a profile. It's, it, it doesn't ask too many questions. I think you just need a name, a uh, email address. You could tie it with your uh, Facebook as well if you'd like uh, because you can share it so that way it's public knowledge that um, this uh, this um, issue has uh, has been um uh, come to light, uh, and somebody's interested in it. Um, but again, it's just it's it's much more than that. Where it has gateways to different avenues of things that we would use on a daily basis. Whether it be you want to pay um, uh, your, uh, your excise tax or your water bill, um, you need some information on parking or the beaches or the parks. They're all there in the app um, that you can access and get further information um, on these different aspects 
uh, of the day-to-day things that we, we use on a, on a daily basis. So it's not just another app that's going to sit on your phone. Even if you never put in a, um, a ticket for a particular item, uh, you may uh, find yourself using it for uh, other avenues of communication within uh, of the ongoings within the city. So I strongly recommend everybody to to uh, download this app. Um, and uh, again, it's it's just uh, another another tool that that has been available, but maybe it's sitting at the bottom of the toolbox, if you will, um, and we forgot that we had it. Um, as councils have come and gone, or the you know the app is just kind of sitting there. So as we as I attend different neighborhood meetings, um, I, I've been pushing this app. I've been the last neighborhood meeting that we had, um, I believe a handful of people downloaded the app right then and there, and we helped them set it up. Um, it, it takes no more than two minutes to, to, to download it and, and, and set it up, and you can start right away putting in particular issues. And you can even take pictures of the particular issue, write a description, and if there's something on that you see that just doesn't fit in a particular category, clearly there's an other, and you can, you know, post in your own words what what the issue is and then the, the second that you send it if you sent it correctly and it's entered correctly you'll get a corresponding email with that issue to let you know it has been entered and more or less in the queue and then within a couple of days or a week or so you'll get another uh, verification email where it's it's been acknowledged somebody somebody's eyes have physically seen it um, and that we're working on it and as these um, issues get addressed they will give you status updates along with that too. So it's I, I not feel just, like there's some way we could turn this into a drinking game. Yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, it, it would have to. It would have to be after a day, a day the day before dialysis. It would have to yeah. be the day before dialysis. That is true. <laughs> exactly. That is true, Sean. You so, listen well. So, Sean. Um, uh, before we let you go, we appreciate you coming on. You did actually, you mentioned the neighborhood meetings. Last time you were on, you were talking about the importance of attending them. Uh, you know, you said your your neighborhood meeting in Ward 3 uh, was, you know, had 10 to 12 people. But, you know, there are some that have 50, 30, more, more people. Um, where can people go to learn more about these neighborhood meetings? Because they're really important to for, for getting stuff done. Absolutely. So um, you can go right on the city's webpage. Um, and you don't even have to go anywhere. It's right there on the home screen. If you scroll down towards the bottom, there's a calendar, and it'll give you the, the next five things on the, uh, uh, in the neighborhood, meeting, um, neighborhood meetings that are going on. And I believe we have about seven of them within the city. Tonight was um, the Clark's Point um, neighborhood meeting. Uh, South End. Ward 6. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Um, and then uh, the Ward, Ward 3 is fortunate that we we uh, take part in two meetings. There's the uh, Mount Pleasant neighborhood meeting at the um, uh, Holy Name of uh, Sacred Heart Church. And then there's the what used to be called the Bullard Street, um, but now is called the uh, North End Neighborhood Association. Um, and that's out of the Global Learning Center Public School on Ashley Boulevard. And for a while, that's been collaborated with Ward 1 and Ward 2. Uh, but we've recently um, uh, joined with Ward 1, uh, I mean, Ward 3 and Ward 2. So now we've joined with Ward 1. So there's three wards that are represented um, at that particular meeting, 1, 2, and 3. Now, these meetings are very regularly attended by city officials, a representative from the mayor's office, 
um, your city councilor, a few at-large councilors. We are attending these meetings, um, and it's kind of just a, a, a basic um, open forum where folks come in. We talk about um, some ongoings within the city. There's a public safety officer that's there. Um, so there's a, a representative from the police department, um, and they take that information that they gain from that in and relay it to the different shifts and the commanders and, 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 the, and the chief. So there's a lot of folks that attend these meetings. It's a great avenue to get in, involved with a little bit more with the city and voice any things that you want a city councilor or, or official to know um, that maybe you know you don't want to go through the formality of going through you know city hall and standing in chambers and things like that. It's you're in there with your peers, um, and it's just a an open forum where there's no real there's a little bit of a structure, but there's it's mainly an open meeting where any topic can be can be spoken about so uh they i recommend i strongly recommend that folks take a peek at the the website the city's website and you get all your information right there right there on the home page and it tells you the dates and the times that all these meetings are are happening within the city sean thanks so much for joining us we appreciate it we'll talk to you soon thanks sean awesome guys i thank you for the opportunity have a great night yeah you too so uh we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back uh this is south coast tonight no Forced karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to Worse capture... Worse than the, the Patan Death March. I thought it was a good song that captured the essence of our fragile souls. The um, Pansy Brothers. Welcome back to the Pansy Brothers Power Hour. <laughs> Flower Hour. <laughs> Flower Hour. <I laughs> the, like the, <laughs> you know, I actually... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to reveal this. Uh, I actually had this CD, um, the Britney Spears CD. Uh, oops, I did it again. Um, and... Uh, the thing the you could have taken that to your grave. No one would. I, could, I absolutely could have. I absolutely could have. So um, the thing is, is that I had to have at a certain point CDs that didn't have. Um, listen, I enjoyed it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, but I had to I have. I just saw that smile break I did. out of your I, I face. I enjoyed the CD. Everyone heard it at home. Uh, but I had to have this, my my parents did not want me to have CDs that had the little parental advisory thing on it. Yeah, because they're good parents. Yeah, and. And actually, my mom, and I'm still, will never get over this, uh, threw away my Limp Biscuit CD right in front of me. And uh, God, was I upset about that. By the that. way, you know something, Marcus? <laughs> 20 or 30 years earlier, my mother broke our Kiss Destroyer record right in front of me. No. So good parents do things like that. They do. But the, Your mom's good. It my was mom was good. Yeah, but it was a You know what? Don't, don't know. No, you know you what? You were wrong. Your mom was right. And, and she also heard me listening to Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, which I had gotten from a friend who uh, had just a like the cigarettes too. had a little less yeah had a right. little less yeah, just like the cigarettes had a little less stringent um, uh, restrict you know a little less restricted on what CDs he could buy. So I uh, so and she, where's that friend now? She <laughs> Marcus, where is that friend now? can't say thanks mom so uh, so um and then she she came downstairs when in the middle of a, a very graphic song and um that was the end of that for she me disappeared as well. your record 
She disappeared my record. Listen, that's what moms do. That's good. When my mother took my kids in service or Satan record and broke it over her knee, I was I was horrified. She ripped kids it off. Kids in service of Satan, yeah. Kiss. Yeah. She picked up that Kiss yeah. Destroyer album right off the phonograph and broke it over her knee. And I, I, I was like... I mean, I, I went out of my nine-year-old mind. I was like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? How do you take... She broke Gene Simmons. She broke the Star Child. She broke Peter Chris. The, the, Ace Frail. The, the, sl- the slithery tongue of, uh, of Gene uh, Simmons was uh, wrapping, around your, uh, wrapping around your little brain. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. We, we started wearing the makeup. <laughs> I'm serious. Putting on fake Kiss concerts in our basement. <laughs> We were pretty awesome kids. The, um, but my mother had enough of it. She broke that record. What's your favorite album? 508-996-0500. Mine was Destroyer until my mother destroyed it. <laughs> Literally. So you obviously did not get NWA straight out of Compton. No, but that was, it was, so I, it was a little bit after. I mean, that was, that came out. In 1989. I was yeah, in high school. I was born in 1989. Yeah. So I, I I didn't get that one. I did get, at the time, Dr. Dre's The Chronic 2001. Named after a, a strain of marijuana. Named after a strain of marijuana. Where's your friend who had that record? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So, Marcus, when I was a kid, there was no parent advisory. You know why? The Democrats hadn't come up with it yet. There was no what? There was no parent advisory labels for records when at I was a kid. Democrat. It was Tipper Gore, yeah. It was Tipper Gore. And Lieberman. And Lieberman. Lieberman's wife. <sighs> yeah, actually, I remember Eminem. That's what happens when wives don't have to I, work. I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, I was listening to that Eminem album, and and, he, and Eminem said, F you, Tipper Gore. And I'm like, what's that about? Right. And I, I learned later. Um, 508-996-0500 is how you can join the program. Good evening. Hello? Hi. Hey, hello. My name is Johnny Wendell. Hey, Johnny. There he is. How's it going, brother? What's what's happening? So I remember back in, um, I don't know, it was the late 70s, I think. My brother-in-law had just come back from the Navy from Japan. Them guys used to bring home, they'd they'd go over there on the boats and they'd buy these big stereo systems, like for real cheap money over there, and they'd ship them home. Right. So we had this great, big, huge uh, stereo system. So I go over his house, and I'm just a kid. I'm like 16, 17 years old. And he says, hey, he says, you want to check out these new guys? He says, these guys are crazy. They paint their faces and stuff, right? And he shows me the Kiss Destroyer album. Yep. So, like, wow. So he puts it on, and he spins it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool, you know? It was the best record. It was such a good yeah. record. It was, it, it was. So my favorite record ever, I don't know, it's a toss-up between Led Zeppelin 2 or um, Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. I love Toys in the Attic. That is yeah. a great, great record. Um, yeah. I, you know what? I've been listening to Physical Graffiti lately a lot. I like Physical Graffiti. That's a great Led Zeppelin uh-huh. album. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a little different than the rest. It really is. Um, as was... Um, um, one with the babies crawling on the stones. Um, what album was that? That is Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy. Yeah, that came out when I was in high school, man. I listened to that. I wore that eight-track tape out <laughs> how many times. You know what's so funny, Johnny? 
is that one of my friends, Aaron Burke, he's been on the program. When he when he lived in Rochester, he had an eight track play he had got from his dad, and we had he had Led Zeppelin eight tracks. We'd be out, we'd go to the range and we'd be out in the garage cleaning the guns because you have to clean them after you fire them before you put them up. And we'd be out there listening to Led Zeppelin eight tracks, which you know they they had come from the seventies when his dad had them. You know the, the, those are great eight tracks. They just play and play and play. Yeah, you had to clean the guns after you fired them, especially when you weren't supposed to be using them. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Remember those days? You know, in them days, my stepdad had guns. Um, you know, you open the door, and they were all stacked up like broomsticks behind the door. You know right. what I mean? Right. <laughs> and uh, we take them, but we'd go down in the woods, and, you know, we'd go hunting with them and stuff, or just shoot targets and stuff, you know what I mean? We didn't, it never dawned on us to go commit any kind of crimes with them or anything, you know? You know what's amazing? <clears throat> As I tell people this today, that growing up as a kid in Freetown, even kids I grew up with now who don't realize it, they were surrounded by guns. I was a paper boy. I went in everyone's house just about to collect every other every Thursday, right? I'd go in the house to collect. <laughs> Everybody had guns. In the gun cabinet, right in the living room. We were surrounded yeah. by guns. Nobody ever got hurt. No one ever took a gun and hurt anybody on purpose. You know, it just, it's a real, real population problem. It's not gun problem, but. I used to drive around New Bedford during hunting season with shotguns on a window rack on the back of my pickup truck. Right. You know, everybody used to. I, I'd go hunt and I'd get lost and I'd walk out to the nearest till I came out to a tie road and I'd walk home. We didn't have cell phones or anything like that, you know. And I'd be I'd walk down the street sometimes for miles with you know, with a rifle in my hand. Right. You know, nobody nobody bothered you. It was it wasn't And nobody crazy. thought you were gonna bother them. That's the important part, no. right? It was no, just it, mainstream culture. Yeah, the gun the gun thing today has uh, really changed. It, it has. But you know, you want to know something, though? So I've had, when I was 14, my mom took me down to the police station and got me my FID so that I could go hunting with my stepdad. So I had an FID since I was 14. When I was 21, I got my license to carry. Back then, they only gave it to you for hunting and target for like the first four or five years. Then when you renewed it, if you were, you know, you didn't shoot anybody or anything. <laughs> <laughs> they give it to you for um, personal protection. You know? mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought now. See, this is why I don't call talk shows anymore. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> If you if you uh, we got we got full phone line. So if you if you if you think about it, call back. Yeah, give us a call back. We appreciate the call. Oh, come All right, on. You're not going to give me the same amount of time you gave to Sean. <laughs> 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 come on, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Johnny. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. <laughs> Can I get the Pansy Brothers back to politics? <laughs> Go ahead. We're sure. Here. We're okay, here all right. Uh, what do you think? I, I got Chris here tonight. So what do you think of my idea I gave last night of running? Uh, Charlie Baker against Elizabeth Warren as an independent. I uh, look. I think that Charlie Baker has got more things on his agenda, including making a lot of money for the NAAC and and <laughs> the NCAA. The NCAA. Okay. The NCAA. Yes. Um, I got my my acronyms messed up. Um, you know, he's going to make about four million dollars, I think, this year, and I think that that he signed on 
He's going to commit to helping them with the projects that they have. I think he's done with politics. It's all lost, but I think he's it's done with too politics. Bad, yeah, it is. I, I think he did a, a good job. I do, too. I think he's what a Republican should be, but, of course, I'm from Massachusetts, you know, that sort of thing. Look, you know? Charlie Baker was very good to me personally, generous, very very good to me. Oh, okay. And um, with his personal money, not... Okay. State money. Okay. Um, and I, I consider him a friend. I always have supported him. I would support him if he came back. I do think that we need him, but I also recognize that um, sometimes you need a time away. Well, when is the election going to be for Senator? Next year? Next year. Will this allow him to make enough money uh, mm-hmm. with the... Uh, he just got the job. It's just. It I seems- would say that, that the projects that he committed to are too long, have too much runway. Yeah, I see. You know. Well, let's go to one other thing then. Uh, Plus, I don't think he'd make a good. I don't think he'd want to be a senator. I think he likes to be a governor. Yeah, well, uh, I know. I, I think we need a senator that's going to represent, uh, you know, the state and not, you know, just try to promote themselves for, uh, you know, for the presidency. I, I think she's very good with banking. She understands all that stuff. But the two people we have right now, I'm sorry, it's empty suits as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's get yes. on to uh, Patrick Kennedy. Sure. Uh, long shot. Different views. What do you think? Joe Kennedy. Patrick Kennedy was actually, actually Robert elected. Kennedy. I Robert mean, uh, Robert Kennedy. Robert yeah, Kennedy. sorry. Yep. Too many of them. Um, yes. <laughs> I would say that it's, look, no one was using the brand, so he picked it up and ran with it, right? I mean, no one was using the Kennedy name. Well, I don't see anywhere in his resume that he's ready to be president. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Joe Biden. I think it's healthy to have primary. But... I don't see where this man is ready to tackle the foreign policy problems that this country has. I well, don't. He said something about the Ukraine. I didn't catch it all on the TV today. I don't know what his, what his different policy would be in the Ukraine. I, I don't know if he has a developed opinion on it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you know, Joe Biden says he's going to run. I think if he is going to run. No, he's definitely going to run. I'm saying if he's able to run. Yeah, you know, run. When you're an old person, you're, you're, <laughs> your health can change like that, you know? Yes. Um, and, and look, I think that the president, um, I have tremendous respect for the office, and I wish him only the best. I do think that he's going to try again. Um, Let's say he can't run. Who do the Democrats have? I don't know, Marcus. What do you think about that? That's a great question. Gavin Newsom. Okay. Um, the Gav- governor of California. Yeah, governor of California, Gavin Newsom. He's, you know, I think been waiting and uh, been sitting in wait for a while. Um, he seemed he had a national profile as the mayor of San Francisco, as lieutenant governor, and uh, as governor as well. I think he might have actually jumped in if he didn't become governor a little bit too late. I think Jerry Brown hung around a little bit too lo- longer than he'd liked. But um, uh, Gretchen Whitmer is another is another one, the governor of uh, Michigan. Michigan, yeah, yeah. She's um, you know I, I think she's she has a good presentation. She's the governor uh, of a of a state in an area a state that they need to win in an area that they need the Democrats would need to maintain in order to 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 hold the office. So I think Gretchen Whitmer um, uh, would be a very very strong candidate. Uh, Anybody as well. out there would foreign policy credentials because i think we're going to need them i do too i really do you 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 hope that you know they 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 pick a good cabinet and you know maybe you typically want to try to balance the balance the ticket so maybe she picks up somebody with uh foreign policy experience you know you know while while we're fighting all these you know these problems at home uh that we have and and everything uh some of which 
maybe may not be that important in a way when you look at it if something goes off on the world stage. Right. You got China the other day <laughs> saying that they're ready to fight. And what goes on in Ukraine might determine a lot what China's going to do. Uh, which I, I would hope there's somebody out there with some foreign policy um, uh, idea uh, that can, uh, you know, rope this all in. I'll tell you, I hate to say it, I think Trump could because they think he's crazy. No. Well, my, my problem with, with, the, with the Chinese and Taiwan in particular mm -hmm. <clears throat> is that, and I, I have a, follow some very plugged-in foreign policy people, and they're pointing out that Taiwan has let decades go by where, they're not, where they didn't prepare their own defenses. And that they were much, relying upon us. They were relying upon us. And those days have to be over. I, I got to tell you, I do not want to see American men and women dying for the Taiwanese if the Taiwanese are not going to die for the, themselves. Well, it, it's so close uh, to, the, to the Chinese mainland. Right. If China really gets aggressive there, I, I don't know who on earth could stop them, even the United States. You, you'd have to have an all-out war, which you know means a nuclear exchange. We'd have to put soldiers there now. Okay, One of the plans you're hearing about now is to start to move Marines, more Marines, more army into position to f so they'll have a defensive position to fight uh to fight f you know the, the chinese when they start to invade now look that is going to take a significant contribution of of bodies right men and women real american soldiers on the ground not the hypothetical mm. i hate the term boots on the ground mm. there's a soldier inside those boots right mm. i hate that term because let's talk about what it is it's real men and women hey, americans we, on the ground we, we got to take this break we i understand guys thanks all. by the way i want to yes. add one more thing this morning i heard the mayor confirm that john kenny was his grandfather. So, oh, oh, okay. So they, he heard the voices in the night. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. if, if he had something to do with the show, if it was just consequent. Uh, uh, con you know, uh, no, no, I appreciate it. Thank right, you very take, much. Take care, guys. Appreciate the call. Hey, we got to take this break. We'll be right back. Uh, stay on the line. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. WBSM isn't just a broadcast. It's also a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider. People do. It's another... Another conversation for another time, Chris. <laughs> I just have to check my friend. 9960500. Good evening. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey Tom, hey, what's Tom, up? What's going down? Well, here's a little bit of thoughtfulness. I think Charlie Baker has made a tremendous move. I think uh he'll do well with the NCAA uh situation and with all the pay things that are coming forward because he's a fair guy. Yeah. And that, that that's going to prove uh, to be very fruitful when his name is in every single state in this country. Uh, the name recognition that Charlie Baker, you know, the head of the NCAA, and it's 68 years from now, and on the rest of the world that's turned upside down right now, right. hopefully will be settled out, and then you run for president. You know, I think that's, I think that's very true, Tom. Um, I think there's a, a lot to be said for it. I also think that... Charlie Baker, he's 65, he's uh, the president of the NCAA, he's making money hand over fist, and he has wielding tremendous power. I just don't see it. 
I just don't see the, the move doesn't make sense. You know, he's mm. he's he's got a project that's that's actually fun and engaging. In ten years to run for president, yeah, it's it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I, I don't th- like yeah, Charlie Baker would seem like a good presidential candidate on paper, but when you get to the national stage, there's too many tensions. I think between the the things he's done with governor with uh, either the 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 right of the Republican Party or even the left of the Democratic Party, he seems like a guy without a without a base to tap into. Even even if a lot. Even if his sort of uh, pragmatism, um, technocratic style is is attractive for a lot of people, the, the culture yeah, wars. It, it depends yeah. where, where the world's going to be uh, eight Always. years from now. Always. You know, so yes. uh, I, I would leave that option open. I, I, I would like to see that happen. But anyway, that was just my thought for today. Good show tonight, thanks, Tom, Tom. Thanks. Yep, appreciate we appreciate it. it. We got to take another break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. One more call. Good evening. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Good. Can I make a prediction yes, about sir. a Charlie Baker presidential race? Sure. Whatever year it comes out to be, uh-huh. they will replay the debate. Remember the debate when he cried like a baby <laughs> about the fisherman that nobody knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. By and the way, I know who the fisherman college. was. By the way, I know who the fisherman was. That video over and over again. <laughs> By the way, I know who the fisherman was, and so does Ken Pittman. We found Ken really found the fisherman. Oh, really? Swear to God, we re- I, I could tell you off the air. I won't tell you his name on the air, but we know who he is. I know the college. I know the type of scholarship his son had. It's 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 a complex case, um, but it, it really mm. did happen. Hey, listen, man, we, we appreciate the call. We're, we're right. running up against the end of the hour. Thanks, Johnny. Be well. Hey, uh, so um, thanks for joining us. And uh, tomorrow, Leon Corey's uh, going to be joining us talking about the new firefighter contract in Fairhaven. Um, and Friday, we've got uh, Rep. Chris Hendricks to talk about a lot of stuff that's going on in the state house, the tax uh, proposals and all of that. And we've got Scott Lima to talk about Mitchell's housing plan. So you're going to want to stay tuned for Thursday and Friday night. Thanks so much for joining us. And we can ask him about why he's running for at large as opposed to Ward 5. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask him that, yeah. People have been asking me to ask him that.